Are you okay? Are you okay? It's, it isn't my place. It isn't my place. But you've known that guy for, what, 10 years? Over 10 years? I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm sorry. I don't get it. Yeah, he's a, he's a great wrestler. Great wrestler. But leadership, it's like I said, it's action, not position. That's not acting like a leader. Oh, you're my second. You're my second. Who the fuck are you seconds for? Nobody. You're the best tag team in the world. Uh, am I wrong, though? And it's your moment. It's like a time-honored New Japan thing. You come out. It's your moment. You be the new challenger. And he, 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 he ruined me. Bullet Club is fine. Bullet Club is fine. Welcome to Match Club, a podcast from Fight to Feud and Back Again. My name is Charlie, and I use he, him pronouns. And I'm Mikey, and I also use he, him pronouns. And, I mean, there's no good way to say it, but it's been a really long time. It's been a long, long time. <laughs> Shorter than 25 years. Yes. Um, As Twin Peaks was wont to do, but longer than we had originally intended. Um, 2020 and 2021... Uh, kind of did a number on us in multiple ways, but a lot of good ways. Uh, we moved mm-hmm. into the same apartment. So if you're like, hey, other than the weird timestamp, why does this sound radically different? It's because we're in the same place and we no longer have to do weird claps. Yeah, no, m- no more random video and or audio calls um, to record a podcast, which makes it infinitely easier because I can just say, Hey, we're doing this right now, and uh, you know that's that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, the other flip side is there's like, it took us a while to have the brain space to figure out how to conquer this because like there's so much going on. Like if we wanted to, we could cover like the whole of another G1 tournament, which is technically part of what's happening in the storyline. And I initially started, I was like, I laid out all the important matches and all the feuds and subfeuds. And then Charlie's like, Mikey, we already covered a G1. Like, I spent several months putting that together. And then Charlie's like, Mikey, we already covered a G1. We don't need to do another one. And if that's your thing, uh, you know, that's good. Uh, while we've been on what I'll call a hiatus and now uh, recently come come back from a hiatus because some people go on hiatus and then they just never return. Yeah, I didn't want to be one of those people. I uh, didn't want to be one of those people. It's like that fake that Gotta you finish read. the fight, <laughs> which I now know what it means because we also just recently beat Halo 3. You know, sometimes you just have to have a third video game or a sequel that comes out way later that then allows you to open up space to create a third, uh, uh, sequential video game. You know, I determined that uh, this year and maybe the last half of of last year was in video games was essentially this crazy bastards finally did it. 
It really has been. So I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna put us in that category. Yeah, yeah. Give us. Uh, we've watched Half Life, Alex, and the Half Life series, and that definitely falls in the category of the crazy bastards finally did it. Uh, we've been playing Halo Infinite, and. I'm sure there's another example, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. I'm just going to, uh, Kenny, we can call it Ke- Kenny? Kenny, 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 Kenny had a lot going on in the year 2020 in spilling into 2021. Yeah. That was the other oh thing. Oh my God. The whole year is gone. Oh my God. It's 2022. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> that was the other thing is like, we were literally sitting down getting ready to record in 2021, like before we moved. And then things started happening of a Kenny nature and we're like, should we wait to record in case like Kenny and Abushi come back? <laughs> like, Should we wait to record in case Okada and Kenny have another yeah. match? So it, it was real wet and wild. Cause like literally around the time we started to record was, or we were preparing to record was the kingdom. Like I will leave your kingdom and build, we will build one together. Um, Kenny and, Oh, yeah, and then the Proof Rock. Yeah. Ken, and then... Uh, Kenny and Ibushi. Uh, <laughs> Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, for those who are not familiar, uh, are two wrestlers we are going to become infinitely, intimately... And infinitely. And infinitely familiar with throughout the course of this episode. And they, in the present day... <laughs> Several years later, like five years later, after the time that we're talking about here, uh, started coyly tweeting at each other and about each other and referencing each other again. So the cycle continues anew. Yes, uh, we're back uh, and better than ever. I'm, I'm just so. If you've been it. wondering what the hell is going on, well, hopefully we can provide some context for that. Correct. Uh, so if you are someone who watches AEW. If you watched AEW Full Gear in 2021 and you said, what the hell was that? What would Coda think sign all about? Who was that um, very large man that was teaming with the best friends that they made a big deal being from Japan? Who is uh, Rocky Romero? And why do they keep playing this random Rapongi Vice theme? If you're wondering any of those things, well... We'll fill in some blanks for you. We can't hold your hand the whole way, but uh, we'll provide some context between now and what will have to be a third and final episode because, you know, baby, this one is 2.5. Yep. Uh, that's the other thing. We're doing Match Club 2.5 final remix uh, because you know how we said like, okay, there's three Kenny and Okada matches. I mean, there's four. I there's always technically four. I always knew there was four. But. Oh yeah, no, there's there's three ones though. We were gonna cover the three that were for the belt, but there is a fourth, and there is a very important period in uh one Kenny Omega's life that deserves kind of its own episode. And also, like, we don't want to have a five hour episode. Yeah, ideally not. Uh. We're not going to skirt away from this being less than probably two hours, maybe more, but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Hey, Mikey, uh, for the people maybe listening for the first time, which I'm upset that this is your first episode. You should may- probably go back and listen to the others. Yeah, the, the others. Yeah, um, we've actually we done some, some other what I'll call bottle episodes. <laughs> 
Um, but hey, Mikey, what do we do here for the people that might be listening for the first time? Um, well, we talk about wrestling storylines and we try to break down feuds, which are kind of like you can kind of think of feuds like this one. This is like a several season antagonist. This is like the Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. of wrestling feuds mm-hmm. in that. Like you can't really say that one season starts being starts with one antagonist and then that antagonist is like defeated at the end, which is kind of what our other episodes have been. This is like one that spans several seasons. Yes. Um, so it's like a epic, if you will. Uh like there's really, you know, some people might say, Oh, that's putting on airs, but like it really there's no, that's like the a only saga. way you can define it, is, it. It is like a saga. It is like it is like if you as you mentioned Dragon Ball Z, you know, it's a one long storyline taking place over what would maybe be several months, but in this case several years. Yeah. So we try to break down like a lot of the storytelling in wrestling comes through the matches, which are sometimes like it's intimidating having to watch you know, if you tell someone, hey, if you want to see everything about uh, Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada, if you want to understand why, like, 60-minute matches are, like, a thing that people care about, like, not to say they were the ones that originated it, but at least in AEW, um, you know, why do people hold up, you know, some some of these, like, long matches as, like, the high watermark, you know, you really can't, it's hard to tell that without sitting through like just an enormous amount of content, right? So it like what we do here is kind of try to pare that down, like rather than giving like a reading list like you would in like comic books or something like that, or like these are your um, like Keystone you know, if you want to get in the Fast and the Furious, like, these are the must-watch movies. Like, we kind of try to talk through what those are in terms of wrestling and give you the context to fill in the spots in between um, without hopefully going overboard, like I said, like, just covering another tournament. Like, we will be breezing over the high points of not one, but two <laughs> tournaments in this episode. Yes. Uh, and, you know, it's it, it's a lot. This this part was intimidating because it is an important part of the story, if not only for Kenny's character, but also as we get to, like, the actual end of this, uh, Okada's character as well. Uh, there are fundamental changes that happen um, in these characters in the final stretch of, of of what goes on here and uh it's important to kind of like really be able to talk about that so uh without further ado i will or as kenny would say add you add you yeah i will absolutely uh be summarizing this so previously on match club or previously on this long stretch of uh kenny and okada's feud Several things have happened. Uh, In 2016, Kenny Omega forms the Elite with the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. They kind of take 
New Japan Pro Wrestling by Storm as this heel group within a Bullet Club, which with the Bullet Club, which is a a group of gaijin wrestlers or foreign wrestlers in New Japan Pro Wrestling who are kind of just the bad guys who cheat all the time. But Kenny and the Elite kind of clean things up a little bit. Uh, they still are kind of dastardly, but in their own way. They push kind of through everything in New Japan. And in 2016, Kenny becomes the only foreign wrestler to have won the, as we mentioned, G1 Climax Tournament, which gave him the right to challenge our other protagonist in this feud, Kazuchika Okada, for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship belt, which at this point, Okada had had for not as long as he will have it, but for quite a long time. And he he is their money maker. He is the rainmaker. He is their... The man who makes it rain, as he, some of his t-shirts say. <laughs> he is the top draw in New Japan. He is the guy on the poster. He is the guy everybody wants to cheer for. He is that guy. Um, and he is their ace. And Kenny... Just being this guy that almost came out of nowhere from the junior the junior division of the company, um, he wins that tournament. He takes his shot, and they go into Wrestle Kingdom eleven in the beginning of twenty seventeen, and they have this match that kind of lights the world on fire. Uh, the main event we've talked about um, in previous episodes. If you want, please go back and listen to that. Wrestle Kingdom eleven is incredible. Um, I gush in those episodes about the match itself, but also Kenny's tights. Uh, and I, yeah, just go back and listen to that. But in that, at that point, they have this match, like I said, that kind of sets the world on fire, puts Kenny Omega's name out there. Kenny loses that match against Okada, but what does happen is he comes away from that match looking like a mega star. He puts everything he has into it. And, you know, some people say that Okada, even though he won, he put in the lesser performance. So Kenny takes a step back from New Japan for a while, comes back, and, you know, those old feelings are still hanging around. Uh, yeah. it's, it's very much a unfinished business situation. Well, and the other thing, too, about this feud is a good feud elevates both performers and Okada definitely wasn't someone that just had to sit on his laurels because Kenny's biggest point is you don't deserve this spot. They just, you know, you're the guy that they, uh, Okada, you're the guy that the company New Japan Pro Wrestling pushed. You kind of had your spot made for you and you aren't tough enough to really hang. So, you know, Okada spent his time facing Minoru Suzuki like really building his chops, having some really tough matches to kind of prove that he deserved it more than just being in the right place at the right time. And all the while, uh, Kenny is kind of, as the leader of the Bullet Club, he's a pretty, you know, firm leader, as it were, but he's not without his problems. Um Kenny has this revolving door of kind of issues he has to take care of within his own little faction. Um, one of which 
uh, is a man by the name of Adam Cole. Uh, you might be familiar with him now. Uh, all that was old is new again. Um, Truly. <laughs> in 2017, Adam Cole uh, tries to assert his dominance in the Bullet Club and perhaps tries to usurp it from uh, Kenneth's grasp only to be dealt with in a very, very funny manner. Um Adam actually went to NXT, which at times we've we've thought we've gone so long from recording a podcast that Adam Cole has come back. Yeah, and now, <laughs> you know, they've referenced all of this like uh, <laughs> you know, we were at all out live in person when uh Kenny said all the people, you know, that were um, uh, on my level. Anyone who ha- even have a ch- is a chance of beating me are not here, already tired, or they're already dead. Cue Adam Cole's music. Yeah, because uh, in Being the Elite, after Adam Cole was kicked out of Bullet Club, Kenny had the Young Bucks poison him with a monster energy drink. Yes. Uh, so, Which is why he only drinks Rockstar now. <laughs> Supposedly. Supposedly. Um, so you might say, say, hey, that sounds familiar as to what might be going on pre- right now in AEW. And you would be correct. Because <laughs> the boys are never one to uh, uh, not retread ground if it's unfinished business. And it very much is unfinished. Um, in any case, uh, Kenny takes care of that whole situation. And all the meanwhile... Uh, we kind of ramp up to what is a rematch between Kenny and Okada at Dominion in 2017, which is, by all intents and purposes, probably the best of the, the series. The best of the series, in my opinion. Um, we'll probably talk about it at the very end when we talk about how we feel about these uh, matches. Um, as kind of like a whole, but the 60 minute time limit draw, uh, is a perfect showcase of storytelling, ring psychology, uh, ring psychology, everything that you want in a match uh, that I would want in a match is in there. It is home of some of the best spots I have ever seen in wrestling. Um, and it is another bout where Kenny doesn't win. But he doesn't lose. And I know I'm talking a lot about Kenny, but this is really his story. Um, he is the underdog through this entire feud. Um, getting to the point where, hey, can Kenny actually win the belt? Um, so if I talk a lot, a lot about Kenny and a little less about Okada, that's probably why. Um, but they are two halves of a whole. Like, yeah, the other thing is like, you know, because it's a time limit draw, because New Japan Pro Wrestling has 60 minute time limits on title matches, you know, like you have this moment where Okada, like probably the most memorable moment for me, at least from that, that match is Okada going in for the rainmaker, Kenny falling, like not really even being able to hit the rainmaker. And, and then Okada can't cover because they're both so tired, so exhausted. Um, that, so, you know, it's not just Kenny forcing Okada out to this point. It's the two men, like, literally battling back and forth and just refusing to give up. 
until they literally have nothing else to give. Yeah. And in the midst of this, um, there is a moment in this match where the entirety of Bullet Club, headed by Cody Rhodes himself, um, brings down a towel to the ring, wanting to throw in the towel uh, for Kenny because it, quote unquote, he just can't go anymore. Uh, you know, what a friend would do, I suppose. Uh, but as we will see, um, not so, not so much, uh, as far as the, uh, friend is concerned. Um, we left off at the end of Dominion 2017 with Kenny admitting, admitting defeat in a way that, uh, he was very kind of down about everything. He gave this incredible promo after that match. I mean, he was bone tired Where too. he told the world that, and Okada, that he could be Sekai no Okada, which, you know, you could be Okada of the world because uh, they were headed to the U.S. for the G1 special in the United States of America where Okada would face an opponent uh, with the belt in the U.S. being like, the representative for MJ NJPW to be that guy, um, something that Kenny wanted to do and continues to say he wants to do, um, is to bring New Japan all over the world. Yeah, but as you probably already heard, it wasn't as if they just, you know, had an opponent that was already in mind. No, 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 no. In the story, Cody who you might now know is Cody Rhodes. They couldn't call him Cody Rhodes at this point. Long story. <laughs> Tell that to the people. Yeah. <laughs> JR. Yeah. Uh, Cody basically demanded that he get a match with Okada. Yeah. Uh, it was Okada's uh, conference after he, after that time limit draw where Cody interrupts. And I think, you know what? I think it's so good that I will just put it in here, right here. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Congratulations! The IWGP champion once again! Oh man, we're on him. That's quiet. No, no, no. No, we've heard enough from you, you stooge. I've kept quiet. I've minded my keys. I've watched. I've watched in awe. New Japan? More like old Japan because it's the same song and dance. You stay on the island and you're afraid to measure yourself against a goddamn superstar like myself. So there's your challenge to the G1 special in Long Beach, Okada. There's your challenge. Just know. Hey, 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 hey. The American Nightmare? Shit, it's your nightmare. I'm out of here. Sweep on it, stud. Yeah, so uh, Cody, extremely hostile uh, towards Okada. He spits uh, the beer that the core, all that Coors Light that is sitting out. What did I say? Government mandated? <laughs> Government mandated Coors Light. That is sitting in front of Okada. He spits it at him and he uh, demands basically that Okada fight him in something that perhaps he shouldn't be doing considering he's one, uh, just demanding a match. And two, 
uh, his the leader of his faction just got laid out. Uh, let it breathe a little bit, Cody, but he doesn't know how to turn it off. No, and he is definitely chafing at the bit here. Mm-hmm. And all that being said, Kenny has his own special duty um, to compete in the G1 special in the USA for a brand new shiny belt, the IWGP United States heavyweight title. And aside from like the US pageantry and flag on it, it is a pretty beautiful belt. It's gorgeous. It is this this new gorgeous belt that we're going to have a two-day tournament for, which is sounds about as rigorous as uh anything else. And that's kind of uh where we pick up uh the story. So before we go further with this, I'll just do some, uh, so that was our summary. Before I go further with this, I'll just, I'll do some light word associations with you, Mikey, Mm -hmm. um, just to let everybody know. Uh, The first thing that comes to your mind as I, as I say these characters names, I want you to let me know how you feel about them or, or, you know, describe them or just again, word associations. This is the, this is the game we're going to play. If I say, Cody Rhodes. Slime ball. If I say Kenny Omega. Uh, well, the first thing that comes to mind would maybe not be appropriate for a podcast. But the second thing is uh, best belt machine. If I say the Young Bucks. Incredible. Always working. <laughs> uh, if I say Kazuchika Okada. Uh, very shiny, very good at the wrestling. Love that man. If I say Tomohara Ishii, Stone Pitbull, won't give up, never give up, never surrender. If I say, uh, Kota Ibushi, beautiful, shining, smiling baby boy. There you go. That's all you need to know, everyone. I just wanted to do some word associations (laughs) with Mikey. Um, because... We usually do the word associations with characters that we're just introducing. <laughs> yeah, but we've, we've talked about this before, and I didn't want to do a full rundown of that. So that's that's kind of like what we have stacked up. There'll be some uh, other characters. We'll, we might mention them. Um, some I of guess them. a better way to say what I was going to say for Kenny um, that I shouldn't really repeat is like a solid charisma. Like, <laughs> rather than solid snake or, you know, liquid snake. Solid charisma. Yeah, just a block of it right there. Yeah, in a leather um, jacket. Yeah, le- just mainlined. Um, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so there'll be some other characters you mentioned. Uh, you might hear Hangman Adam Page mentioned. Um, you might hear some people we'd rather not talk about mentioned. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to try to keep. Yeah, we're, we're trying to try and keep things uh, to a minimum with the quote-unquote side characters. Um, I think Hangman maybe has an important role to play here. Yeah, uh, he's kind of Cody's henchman yeah. in a way here. Um, he's definitely not the Hangman Adam Page that we know and love today. Yes, but there are some roots here that you absolutely could pull back um, to find uh, maybe what what happened you know yeah. pretty recently. And, and before we kind of go deep into it, it's so interesting watching Cody Rhodes here as compared to his current character. Where it's like, it's clear that he's doing something 
today, but it's not really clear what that is or what the intention is supposed to be. Uh-huh. Whereas here, it's just so clear that he's just a slime ball. Like, I actually missed that uh, Brandy Rhodes is fresh off debuting in the Wives, um, like, True Wives of Georgia or whatever. Oh, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Like, I totally missed that the last time around. But, you know, in case you were wondering if, because uh, as as the time has passed, uh, Roads to the Top has been announced and had the first season concluded. Um, so Brandy was always a reality TV, like, associated person. Like, she got her start in broadcasting. Uh, she has a degree in broadcasting. So, you know, they're always working, uh, whether that is to a good degree uh remains to be seen i would say largely mm-hmm. jury's still out on that one in AEW but um at least here like he just plays the perfect like movie villain mm-hmm. like truly every 80s movie villain that you can possibly think of that's what Cody is channeling and he does it so well like he does it so well yeah it's it's really it suits it to the T, and I can see how, like, people say the Bucks are natural heels, but I really think Cody is. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, he has to be doing something interesting, and it's so interesting <laughs> to be involved in a feud where you're essentially trying to steal another man's spot and everything he has while your wife is standing there cheering you on. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's some very uh, incredible energy. Yeah, uh, this is what I called the portion of this uh, Cody's heel run here. I called um, the uh, "Sir, this is a Wendy's" uh, <laughs> portion of of this heel run, which I'm I'm gonna stand by because it's like right in front of Kenny Salad, like yeah. right in front, literally, of, literally right in front of Kenny Salad. So we get into the um, the G1 special. So Kenny has his portion. Um, he has. He defeats his first two competitors pretty handily. Like, I watched the matches, but I wouldn't even recommend going back and watching them, especially because some of the people are uh, not that savory, uh, let's say. But his final match, the tournament final with Tomohiro Ishii, is incredible. Like, maybe one of my favorite Kenny Omega matches of all time, and I'm saying that even inclusive of the Okada matches, uh, just because Tomohiro Ishii is like the kind of person that elevates any other person that he's wrestling with. He's just that good. And the he's called the stone pit bull for a reason. Like he really is in mindset and style like a block of stone. And Kenny has feuded with him before, kind of had like a sub feud because Ishii is in uh, Kazuchika Okada's faction of chaos and Kenny lost to Ishii at the New Japan Cup in 2017 first round. And then he redeemed himself by beating Ishii at Wrestling Dontaku 2017. Um, the same event where Okada singled Kenny out for a rematch. So going into the match, like, Kenny is almost dismissive of Ishii because it's like, he just wants the belt. He wants a belt to prove himself. And is, like, just frustrated that Ishii is standing in his way. Yeah. And this is after Kenny's, uh, you know, already fought, faced two opponents 
And then Ishii's done the same to get to this point. And this is a brand new belt. And whoever wins this belt first is going to be the first, always going to be the guy who was the inaugural U.S. champ. Yeah. And yet gets to kind of define the scope and value of the belt for everyone going forward. And so it's really kind of incredible. Like probably the spot that stands out to me the most from this match is there's a spot where Kenny and Ishii are on the apron. So outside of the ring ropes, but still like on the precipice of the ring. And the Young Bucks have pulled a table out from under the ring and set it up uh, basically for Kenny to destroy Ishii through. Yeah, to do, to flip him backwards over himself and throw him through the table. And Ishii wrestles out like his arms and Kenny gets his arm, both of his arms down. Um, and then, you know, Ishii's just trying to escape the hold any way he can. And finally, Kenny has full control of his arms, is ready to flip him backwards over the top of his head. And Ishii bites onto the rope and refuses to let go. Yes. And it's so funny because there was a similar, there was kind of like a callback to this move in this sequence at All Out 2021 Mm -hmm. with Christian Mm -hmm. and Kenny, like Christian literally bit the rope too, right? I don't remember offhand, (laughs) but it was, was it was largely flagged so heavily that I knew exactly what we were calling back to. Um, So that DNA is still there. There is an incredible, that man, this match is incredible. I recommend you go and watch it. It not only has this incredible spot, Mike, you mentioned, it also showcases incredibly how fast Kenny is in the ring. Yeah. And it also shows you, it also is a a very good distillation of Kenny and the Bucks and their synergy in the ring, um, even when the Bucks aren't wrestling with Kenny. Like, them as corner men is extremely important. What, though that part of it is extremely important. So you get to see them on the, on the apron chewing their bubble gum. You get to see them being little jerks. You get to see them um, giving Kenny words of encouragement. Um, Something that stuck out with me through this watching that we just did was how vital they are to everything, to elevate everything Kenny does. Yeah. It adds more character to everything that's going on in the match. And if there, you cannot pull those two things apart, in my opinion. Like if you have, if you're gonna talk about how great Kenny Omega is, you have to understand they are a vital part of that. Yeah, um, and you know that makes whenever there's tension between them, it makes it that much more intense because like they're always there. They're the guys that are always there. Um, so yeah, this is this is just an incredible match. Um, and you know we say that it showcases how fast Kenny is. That's not to say that Ishii is slow. Because even though he's like a like a tank, like in a uh, MMO sense, if you will, like he he can still move in an agile fashion. Like he still moves and gives as good as he gets. It's just like Kenny is just that fast. Um, so yeah, that's a really good uh, that's a really good match. You know, Kenny wins the belt, but at the same time. Um, you know, actually the night before that, Okada and Cody have their match. And in a mirror 
of Okada and Kenny too. Kenny comes down to the ring with a towel in his hand this time. Grinning like... Like the mouth, the cat that got the mouse. Yeah, just uh, with this incredible petty energy um, that only Kenny Omega can house, um, truly. Yeah, so Cody's like down. (laughs) He is like just got a thousand yard stare down into the mat. And Brandy, Brandy Rhodes is on the side fighting. And Kenny's like, you throw it in. Yeah, Kenny's like, you throw it in, like, look, he's done. He's done. He's done. And Brandy's screaming at him. And all the while, Cody gets up, pulls the towel out of Kenny's hand, wipes it like ass to groin. Yeah. And then throws it back at Kenny. Yeah. Who just... Doesn't he also kiss the towel before he wipes it? (laughs) He might have. Um... But he does a lot of things in that towel, and then he throws it back, and Kenny grabs it, and he just smiles. It is, <laughs> like, it's really hard to quantify without seeing it. I recommend you go and see it. Maybe I can pull a yeah, picture. We might pull some clips, some NJPW created <laughs> clips, because they are so litigious. Um but yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, Cody also tries the one-winged angel right in front of Kenny and does a really bad job. job of it. Yeah, not not a great one. But Which is funny because doesn't Okada then do a crossroads to yes, Cody? Yes. And, uh, you know, not for nothing. Obviously, he's wrestling on weekly television now. But seeing Okada do the crossroads... Compared to the crossroads <laughs> that Cody did on television right. at the end of December 2021. It's like Okada does a better crossroads than Cody today. It's just like, it's so wild. It's very funny. Um, after, you know, that was the previous night. The end of the, obviously the end of the G1 special is Kenny winning the U.S. title. And he gives a aftermatch promo it's really, really good and really heartfelt. Um, this entire time, and I will have to say probably probably from the Russell Kingdom 11, goodbye, maybe just goodbye. Kenny's all, and the Bucks themselves have just really been themselves. They're, they haven't really been heels. Yeah. Like, they're categorized that way, but they really just kind of are themselves and something that I admire greatly about them is that they are, they do like these shenanigans, but they're never like mean to the crowd or the audience. Kenny used to be, but he had turned the corner on that. Like ever since he won the G1, when he broke out and you, and started speaking Japanese, like yeah. it, it changed it's a been, lot of things. It's been a slow upward trend, if you will. Yes. But you know, don't take our word for it. Uh, it's a little hard to hear because there is music in the background. But, but uh, you should hear this promo right here. I'm not going to lie. This year has been difficult for me. I think about the struggles, the hardships, the failures. And then I remember... I'm just a human, 
Each and every one of us have had hardships, failures. But what separates us from the normal human being is that us, guys that were brought in to do a job, guys that weren't valued as anything, we never gave up. We were worth something. We were special. And so are each and every one of you. And that, that is why I pushed so hard to come here for you people. You made this show. No one in Japan believed in us. We ran a 2,000 seat building. I said, screw that, we need 20,000. Next year, next year, New Japan is coming. It's gonna be bigger, it's gonna be better than ever. And as long as we're piloting the ship, we will rule the wrestling world. good kenny is a soft smoking boy uh he's very tired in this one uh but it's uh i don't know it's it's really good he uh, just got a belt yeah and he he wins this belt and he says he's gonna define what the champions look like how do you make this belt look good well you find the best people to wrestle for it so you find you know you you, you bring other people in um you go around the world and just scout if you make if you make the good matchups with the belt the belt will mean something so kenny is determined to make this belt mean something yeah and it's kind of it's also kind of difficult to remember in a land a wrestling landscape where we have matt cardona leaving wwe going to aew going to impact and then showing up to gcw and just being everywhere and just this incredible worker like love him or hate him you know, Matt Cardona's GCW run in 2021 was kind of like, and and John Moxley even before that. You know, now anyone can show up anywhere. Yeah, so the uh, landscape Dan is Housen totally different. Nick Gage showed up on AEW television, yeah. like weekly television. So the landscape is so different here. You can't just get anyone. Yeah, like there's WWE and there's NJPW and there's Ring of Honor. There's Ring of Honor, and then there's a small bit of indies, which at this point, like the indies are kind of almost S- gone. Suck dry. Because yeah. WWE was hiring everyone. Like that's where AJ Styles went. That's where the Good Brothers went, you know, and that's how Kenny has the position that he has at all was because so many other people left. So, you know, you can't just go make a match with a legend because chances are they're on WWE's payroll at this point in time. But Kenny's determined. He's determined to find someone international, a big star, not in Japan, and and make the belt mean something. In the, in the meantime, however, we do have the G1 Climax 27. Yes. Uh, importantly, uh, this is where Kenny and Okada will meet again. Yeah, but. so they added the difference between, and the only reason, like, we bring this up as, like, a separate thing, um, the difference between the G1 that Kenny won and this one is that rather than just having the matches that quote-unquote matter and score points in A block and B block, 
Uh, they added multi-man tag matches to kind of punch up and hype up the main card, um, which is kind of how uh, NJPW books nowadays. Like, that's a strategy they've kept up for pretty much every event. And AEW has even started to have that. So, like, rather than just have big match, big match, big match, big match, to the point where everything starts to kind of blur together, you have tag teams where everyone is kind of there and the tag team match to kind of be a preview of what is to come without being the actual event. Yeah, so they changed the format a little bit, but perhaps the most important thing about the G1 Climax 27 is that Kenny has found himself uh, in the opposite block of a ghost. As it were. Yeah. Kenny is stuck between a rock and a hard place. So he and Okada are on the same block. So this like the same side of the tournament, which means they're almost guaranteed to face each other at least once. But then his old rival and tag and former tag team partner from back in ye olden days before he became part of Bullet Club and signed to NJPW, uh, Kota Bushi is back in NJPW. Not only is he in this tournament, he's back in NJPW after being absent for over a year yes. as he went on a journey of self-discovery <laughs> and maybe became Tiger Mask W for a brief moment in time. Who can say? Um, so he's in A block, which means that it's very unlikely he and Kenny will face each other. Unless they are in the finals. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but nevertheless... Uh, before the G1 and after Kenny has the belt. So he's doing an interview that's kind of like a talk show format. Um, they bring out a card with all of the competitors in the G1. And they're like, wow, this is a lot of names. And Kenny's like, yeah, they all kind of blur together, except one. I saw his name. You know who I mean. I mean. And he also uh, has the belt in front of him. <laughs> And he calls the IWGP US title uh, his Jewel. And he's named her Red Sonia. Yes. Which has some, like, he's like, it has some Russian connotations. And I'm like, Kenny, what are you doing? Please stop. Also, like, com- that's a comic book barbarian character. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, you'll hear a lot of Kennyisms. Uh, Kenny usually emphasizes the. Uh, end of everything he says goeld goeld jewels uh you know it's it is one of my favorite things about kenny sometimes we'll say people say people will say kenny's weird and i said hell yeah he is and that's what i love one of the things i love about him um so you know he's very much in this he always talks around ibushi never talks about ibushi um yeah, well, Abushi is doing a little bit of the same uh, because before the tournament, you know, they're doing all these, all this media, all these interviews. And Abushi has also said, uh, before, I didn't want to face Kenny because it would end both our careers. Now I think if we did, someone might die. He frightens me. Um, because Kenny used to be this happy go lucky, angelic, cherubic, blonde wrestler. And now he is a deeply evil, maniacal, almost cynical guy. Um, We've seen some of that before in the previous episodes. Uh, 
So, and Kenny kind of responded to this and said, there's no story here. That's just reality. Mm -hmm. Um, And he says, we had made a promise to each other after um, our match at Budokan in 2012 that we would never do it again unless, unless the situation was right. And we didn't say what the situation would be, but in our minds, we kind of thought that the right situation would have to be the Tokyo Dome. So these are two men. And if you have seen any of their work against each other in DDT, uh, you like they did like literally Kota Ibushi got banned from a venue because he did this ridiculous flip backwards off the mezzanine onto Kenny uh, which again, like that has been kind of uh, interpolated, if you will, into some of Kenny's matches. And Kenny and and Ibushi is this one person that Kenny can cannot beat. Like uh, it, the the same vein is like there are some same similar things that run together with Okada, like this being this guy that Kenny can't beat, but it is. Not in the same, not the same as like not being able to beat Ibushi because not being able to beat Ibushi and falling into Ibushi's shadow is what broke Kenny. Yeah. Uh, if you're familiar with, you know, the recent AEW, you know, it this is still fueling the man. Yeah. Like the heartbreak, the literally the only man to kick out of. The one-winged angel, don't buy the propaganda. There has been well, one man that kicked out of the one-winged angel. From Kenny. From Kenny, yes. Uh, when other people have used the one-winged angel against Kenny, Kenny can kick out. So, canonically, the, only the golden lovers, lovers can, can kick, kick out, out of the their one finisher. Wing, the one-winged angel. Um, yeah, but this is this thing that happened between them is still very present in Kenny's character today. Um, it is something that haunts him. It is something that has changed him. It is something that, like, you know, feel like the feeling of being left behind or not being good enough or not being able to be the person that you th- some you think somebody needs you to be, and therefore they leave you. It so infuriates you that your boyfriend's tag team partner, what have you, is better that, than you. Then you break up with him. Hey, hey, Ibushi broke turn- up with Kenny. Well, that's true. Uh. You know, I mean, I guess the best revenge is getting even, but Correct. Kenny can't even have that. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's, there's levels. Um. So yeah, there, there's a lot of, and it's so funny because, you know, the media, like all of this is still very present. Like the fact that Kenny, you know, and the Golden Lovers broke apart because Kenny couldn't beat Abushi, and then Abushi kind of left. NJPW, and now he's back. You know, this is all story stuff. Like, the Japanese press and NJPW, like, related press, like, their first questions out of their mouths are kind of like, well, you guys are in the same tournament now. Like, what gives? And again, like, Kenny doesn't want to say Ibushi's name. Like, he won't say his name. And that's that's kind of like the greatest thing is Ibushi will very readily talk about Kenny, but Kenny won't mention Ibushi by name. And when he does, there is a point where he does where he says it is our death. It is our destiny to meet in the G1 and then I will crush you like 
Kenny very single-mindedly says he wants to meet Ibushi in the G1 because it is Kenny's destiny to destroy Ibushi. Uh, you know, if it sounds like a very anime villain thing to say, it is because it is. Um, but this is its own little thing that's spinning out of this Okada-centric feud that Kenny's having, and it is going to slowly continue to eat eat yeah. and get bigger and, and bigger and bigger. It what, is a specter Kenny can't get rid of. And one could say, um, you know, that it almost costs him some very big things here. So on August 12th, 2017, Kenny and Okada meet in the B block. And Kenny is in fine form. You know, Okada looks almost like a little bit tired. Yeah. Um, which if you remember from our previous episodes, you know, like the G1 is a legitimately tiring tournament. It is grueling. You know, this one goes from July 17th to August 13th. And the guys are pretty much wrestling every day of that month. Yes. Um, sometimes more than once a day, uh, you know, depending. So, but Kenny is ready and he's got his cleaner groove back. Um, he, he has this like incredible entrance, like all of his entrances here are good, but he's got this leather jacket that's like super cool. And he's got his U.S. belt. That's this red shining leather. Yeah. Red Sonia. It's what is it? He jokes in the Wonderland interview. It's as big as his entire torso. Uh, he's got, it looks very good on him. He's got these black and this is kenny's tight this is charlie's kenny's tight corner uh well because over here kenny imbues meaning into every single pair of his tights that he wears um even the ones that he wore until they were literally falling apart that was part of his character um but here he has he says that it's to symbolize his rivalry with kota ibushi yeah I don't believe that that's <laughs> what the true intention is for a second, because as we will find later, once that rivalry is resolved, he will wear them when he and Kota Ibushi tag together. Spoiler alert. Um, so I don't believe for a second that that's the real reason. It's it's because it's like, notice me, Ibushi. Because what he's got on now is just these incredible white and blue, so Abushi's colors, and it is they are extremely form fitted, um, extremely form fitted, uh, and they have like a f- what is like a phoenix, basically a w- wings on his ass. It looks like a phoenix, kind of. So it's still symbolizing Abushi, and what you have on his kick pads are. Oh my god! There's so much going on. There's here. so much going gonna, on here. We're gonna put it. We're gonna put it on the Twitter, but. The Phoenix, so they've had, like, the Phoenix Rising intro for Bullet Club uh, before any of them, because that's kind of, like, their motto right now. Uh, The center of the Phoenix is, like, a bullet, a stylized bullet, and then it spells out Elite, and then it's half white, half blue, which is Kota Ibushi's colors, and then it's got one wing on the side... It's like there's just a lot going on. The kick here. pads are really incredible. They have they're blue and white with this kind of like sparkly 
thing happening on the background of the white and they have the omega symbol on them and it's in this like kind of pixelated font on the other and then it's like this very shiny hollow like material we're gonna put it up it's it, almost like in the in the uh omega is almost like glitching into the rest of it it is incredible. It's really great it's really effing good like really good like maybe not as good as the wrestle kingdom 11 tights by my standard but really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, so the 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 way that Helming, the uh, artist and costume designer that does a lot of um, Kenny's stuff, a lot of Kenny's gear, uh, the way he describes it is this costume was made by Kenny's desire, which you know is probably like this is what Kenny wanted. The concept is mi- is a mixture between Kenny and his rival Abushi. So, you know, you know. Normal stuff. Normal stuff. Normal stuff normal people do. Yeah, because this is this was posted the 12th, which was his match with uh, Okada. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been. Uh, like, yeah. I think the the studded jacket doesn't come out until the next match. Right? Yeah, but, oh, man, it's, it's really spectacular. And in this match, both of these men are, they've known, they've, they've, they fought each other twice now. One to a time limit draw. What everybody says is what's it going to take for Kenny Omega to beat Okada? What what does that look like? And what it looks like is that both of these men come out of the gate on this match at like 11. They are going so fast. They are trying to hit their finishing moves like straight out of the gate. Like they're not trying to mess around. Like how fast can I beat the other guy? It's basically like, I don't want to say it's a pissing contest at this point. But it kind of is. Well, and the other thing, too, is, like, if they draw it out, like, clearly, like, not neither of them will win. Um, because I think, like, a draw nets you points, but I think the other thing going on is one of them was trying, like, this G1, somebody gets close to setting the all-time point scoring record. Yes. So if they draw, I believe that nets them less points than winning. Yes. So if they get to a time limit draw, then they there will be no chance that Kenny will hit the record. <laughs> so yeah, and Kenny you know, is it, and, and, and Kenny just out. says he wants to be the only two time ever two time G one winning Gaijin. So that is Kenny's goal, and but Kenny's goal tonight is to beat Okada, and Kenny just. Uh, I don't know any other way to put it, but Kenny has this gear he kicks into in most of his matches where at just some point, like, the gas pedal goes to the floor. But Kenny is that way the entire time in this match. Like, yeah. he just doesn't doesn't let up whatsoever. And, it ele- and, and through this match, it's been stated that if Kenny can hit the one-winged angel on Okada, he'll, he will win. Like, he hasn't been able to do that. So if he can get it done, he will win the match. And in the second match they faced each other, he hit the one-winged angel, but Okada got his foot on the rope. Yeah. Um, Well, and the other thing, so uh, I actually misspoke, and it's important for those of you who care about rules and winning. Um, So going into this match, Kenny had 12 points, while Okada had 13 all Okada had to do to advance to the finals was draw, but Kenny needed to beat Okada to get two more points, which would put him over Okada in terms of the total tournament school score and send him into the finals. So Okada win, lose, 
like win, lose, draw, he was kind of like set, right? At the very least, like they would be tied, but Kenny had to win. He had no choice but to win if he wanted to succeed in his goal, prove uh, himself better than Ibushi, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) So, yeah. So he had to win, and this had a 30-minute time limit. Yep, so the deck is kind of, the deck is kind of stacked uh in in regards to those things and what you see is like other important thing to note which won't come out in like audio version. Uh Okada had what was it? Uh Don Callis who is on English commentary <laughs> described it as a crosshair or bullseye of trainer's tape across his from shoulder to shoulder and up the back of his neck. Um, cause he had some neck problems. Um, so he's working hurt here is the story of it. And so Kenny has, uh, you know, like they're both doing V triggers and rainmakers, but then Kenny starts doing like drop kicks, like repeated kicks to Okada's neck. And probably like when he is in his top gear pretty much the entire time, but for me, like where the turning point of this match is, is when he rips that trainer's tape off Okada's neck. And then he kisses it. And then like swings it back and forth and then tosses it away. And it's, you know, obviously this is uh, Kenny Omega and Okada. So there's going to be barricade shenanigans. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know, imagine paying for floor seats at this local show that's this prestigious tournament. It's like, oh man, Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada are in my town. And so you pay for floor seats (laughs) and two rows of people have to evacuate because Kenny decides that they need to throw themselves across the barricade and into that row of chairs. Yeah. Like there's people's purses and cups and like merchandise and stuffed animals and signs just hanging out on the floor while Okada like winds up to throw himself crossbody into Kenny. And that's like the kind of stuff that you really only get in these kind of matches. Yeah. But it's just like the people are like, we didn't say like, it's like, sir, this is, this is also, sir, this is a Wendy's. Cause yeah. it's not the Tokyo Dome. It's, you know, <laughs> it's like, we didn't expect we didn't, this. We didn't want this. But regardless, this match is a banger. It is. It, it 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 doesn't have since it's not for the title. It doesn't have as many stakes. I'd say like it does have a lot based on the fact that it's like whoever wins goes to the G one finals. But it's not for the belt. Um. So because it's not for the belt, it doesn't have quite the amount of tension that some of other the other matches have. But this important thing about this match is. Is it Kenny wins? Yeah. Kenny pins Okada off the one-winged angel, and he wins. It can be done. He can beat Okada. And this is something that will feel him going forward. Um, yeah, and this is kind of the point, too, where, like, I couldn't tell what they were cheering, and it's because, like, again, we're cheering for both Kenny and Okada at this time, or I say we. The crowd. The crowd. Um, 
you know, but eventually like Kenny is really who they're here for, um, which is really interesting considering what happens next, um, like literally the next day. The next day. Kenny, so Kenny is one. He's beat Okada. So he gets to face whoever wins out in A Block. Well, it wasn't Kota Ibushi. And Kenny is kind of pissed about that. But the person it is, is Tetsuya Naito, who is kind of, I would describe him as uh, Kenny, but in maybe still the most over faction in njpw and definitely right here like you want to talk about the true underdogs um as a faction it was los ingobernables de japon congratulations you said that correctly I'm yeah impre- it's because i can rest I, ha- I i know how to speak spanish um so naito is so over naito is really like at this point it's clear that kenny is a top guy that is undeniable. Um, if you want to think about like WWE parallels, I feel like in a lot of ways, Naito is kind of like the big E of NJPW. Yeah. Okay, like okay. he is the guy that puts on incredible matches. Everyone loves him. He can carry things, um, but he's still kind of not really gotten his flowers. So. So yeah, you think you think my description of Naito is the big E of NJPW? Yeah, but lazier. It's like, like Naito reminds me a little bit matched with Orange Orange Cassidy. Cassidy. Yeah, like the underdog nature of perhaps both of them, and then the laziness. Yeah, Naito's definitely a dirty rowdy boy. Correct, and him and Kenny come together to have this. Truly spectacular G1 final match. And kind of sublime, too. It is. These men, when they meet one another, uh, you will maybe hear people say they try and kill each other. It is true. It is the truth. They are doing the most in this match here. (laughs) Because unlike Okada, who has like a certain level of prestige, you know, he is the golden boy, um... He is like the Justin Timberlake, you know, he he has like he doesn't want to break that that like aura of perfection he has. Uh, Naito, Naito just doesn't care. Naito just doesn't care. And so you get to see some of the humorous side of Kenny, too, like them mocking each other, spitting on each other, doing each other's finishers. Um. So Naito does the one-winged angel to Kenny here, and Kenny kicks out. So again, Hangman wasn't the first one to do it. Uh, there are several spots outside of the ring. Uh, one very scary spot on the announce table where Naito picks Kenny up to like do a pile driver on the table. Oh god! And then they, the table, and then they just fall over. Yeah, the table doesn't break, and also basically. They just do the absolute most to each other, and it is very scary. There is a giant leap from the top rope into the audience, something that Kenny does, and I wish he would stop doing, and I think his body probably in 2021 asked him to stop doing also. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the fact that they just straight up just do not even, like, really hit the table is probably the scariest thing about that. Like, that's... 
that's where it can happen. And there's some really great like fatigue spots in this match too. Naito falls over before Kenny can hit him with the V trigger. Um, all of this to say that the crowd is really behind Naito, which is interesting because he's the guy kind of that they want to pull that the, the audience kind of want them to pull the trigger on because they've seen Kenny wrestle Okada. Yeah, this is like the like it's like Omega Toe, like they're, yeah. when they're chanting you, it's like Omega and Naito. Rather than like dueling chants, they are at the same time. Because- it's like amal. It's like this amalgamation between yeah. Ken. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, the Japanese audience is interesting. I'm so glad I can go back in time and listen to them cheer because you can't really do that right now. Yeah. Um, because they're they're enthusiastic. Like you know when stuff is happening over there because they get really excited. Yeah. Well, and they're so low key normally. Yeah. Um, like. During people's entrances, that they're when, very polite. Yeah, well, and it's yeah, it it they're so low key during people's entrances though, also because they like want to hear the music and everything. That when you get like a super super huge pop during an entrance, like when people are really loud, that it stands out even more. Because um, we get some big international stars uh, very very shortly, and. It's almost completely silent during their entrance, yep. um, which is very weird for the particular star that we have. Um, so, so yeah, this is this is just you know just such a different caliber of match, um, and it's almost you know in a lot of ways, and we'll talk about this later. Like it, even though Naito collapsed. Um, you know, like, he fought back. It wasn't like he was just totally out from then on. Like, it was kind of anyone's game the entire match. And, you know, it was only, like, the one-winged angel was almost like Naito's last attempt to kind of win it. And yeah. after that failed, that was, like, the last thing that he had to give. So, you know, something I will say is, like, Kenny Omega is very incredible. So, yeah, all of this to say... Naito wins. Naito wins. Surprisingly. Kenny does not get his two-time G1 Climax winner accolade, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Uh, But something else happens. Yeah. Kenny doesn't win. He doesn't get to go in the back and celebrate or get the ugly trophy. In some ways, this is Kenny's no good, very bad day. Very much so. (laughs) Um, The Bucks help Kenny to the back per usual. And as they're about to round the corner in the back of the stadium, Matt Jackson sees a ghost. You know what? Why don't we just play the clip? Give him some space. Give him some space. 
or may not have heard through the camera clicking and all the uh, noise that's going on. When they get backstage, Matt sees Coda hanging out it like around the bend to where they're walking with Kenny. And immediately he basically is like, what's he doing here? A big, very big. I just saw my ex. Like I, I saw my boyfriend's ex and I'm very terrified about what that could mean for, for me right now. Energy. Um, but, you know, they still understand what this means to Kenny. So the Bucks kind of say, you know, let's let's let them have some space because Kenny kind of I would say he melts into Ibushi's like embrace. Uh, Not melts, but he kind of like slumps. I don't know. I this is on YouTube, so we'll put up the clip and you can be the judge, but for me it's like a momentary respite before he remembers that he is not worthy. Yeah. He doesn't feel like he has deserved seeing Ibushi, you know, obviously they don't both want to murder each other for real, but at the same time, I think he had kind of hoped that they would both be seeing each other as like the relative victor on their sides. But instead, Kenny is a loser and Coda is ready to accept him with open arms, but Kenny cannot allow himself to do that. And in fact, pushes Coda away. Yeah. So I don't think like it, it's the thing of like he's trying to be the cool badass, but also like he has some self-worth issues. Uh yeah. So uh, I don't think he melts at all. There's a, well, there's a moment where Coda gently is holding Kenny's peck in his hand. That's true. And let, but it's not like he melts into the embrace and just like, oh, Coda yeah. wants to make it all better. Uh, you know? Kenny, push, yeah, happen. Kenny pushes Coda away. Matt regrips Kenny from the back and has this face on him that <laughs> it's like, don't you ever, <laughs> don't you ever. Come back here. That's what it reads to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and without so many words, uh, you yeah. know, the Bucks are very much Kenny's protectors. Yeah. Uh, so Kenny Omega has kind of a rough rest of 2017. Uh, the one important thing to know is he gives a post G1 interview with Kevin Kelly, one of the announced. Very whimsy outside. Yeah, very it's whimsy. very hard to understand what's being said. Yeah. We we watch like one hour and we're like, we're not going to watch the other hour because it's so windy. We cannot understand what's being said. Um, but uh, so Kevin Kelly, part of the English announce team. Um, what's important to know is Kenny refuses to say Naito's name. Um, the worst thing Kenny can do is not say your name. Uh, and so he just calls him the guy that won. Yep. He's so petty right here. Um, so, yeah. Bullet Club kind of goes back and forth with Los Ingobernables. Kind of goes back and forth with Los Ingobernables for the rest of 2017. And there's also doubts about Kenny's number one contendership because, you know, technically speaking, since Naito won the tournament, he gets the briefcase. He has the briefcase and that nets him a shot at Wrestle Kingdom. So it's like, is Kenny really the number one contender? You know, he's been feuding with Okada, but technically this is Naito's shot now. So Kenny says there are mad Naito fans who say, put it to a vote. 
Careful what you wish for. You do that and the IWGP title match loses. Your precious Naito isn't the worldwide MVP. So there's very much this push-pull of, like, who is the, like, the star in terms of what kind of audience. Like, ROH fans, Bullet Club fans would say it's Kenny. But, you know, technically speaking, by NJPW rules and kind of the popular vote within Japan, it could be Naito, it could be Kenny. Especially since at the end of 2017, Kenny gets that worldwide star that he was looking for to come challenge for the U- U.S. belt, which just happens to be one Chris Jericho. God. So remember how I said that uh, the Japanese audience is normally very quiet? It was so weird having uh, Chris Jericho come out to Judas and have no one singing. Yeah. Like, it's just Judas, and it's just him coming out. And, like, he gets pyro and everything, and we'll go into it more later, but I just needed to get that off my chest. Yeah, so what you need to know about what's coming up. So Wrestle Kingdom 12 is coming up, and there are three matches that we want to briefly look at here. One... Kenny versus Chris Jericho in a no DQ match, which is the first no DQ match uh, in the Tokyo Dome. In the Tokyo Dome. And a co-main event. And it's the co-main event of what you maybe maybe now, right? Like as in twenty twenty two, there'll there's fucking three days of Wrestle Kingdom, so like Yeah, but then the third day is not Yeah. It's um, not the same, so but anyway. So you might recognize like a co-main event like situation happening now. This is literally but this, like back to back. But this, this is the first one. Nights. Yeah, this is the first one, and it's back to back. So Chris Jericho's in menacing Kenny. Um, so for, this is for the IWGP US title. Yeah, the menacing Kenny for a while. It comes down to this no DQ match in the Tokyo Dome. He burns a picture of. Him. Yep, yep. So rips a picture of Kenny in half. Makes Kenny bleed. Like all this stuff. Um, and it's they attack like, each other at press conferences. And it is huge because this is Chris Jericho fresh off the WWE. Yeah. Coming. Fresh off like feuds with Kevin Owens and Dean Ambrose, you know, both of which are very much international stars. So it's this a, is like it's big a big Chris Jericho. It, is, it is a big, big name. Like and come Chris over. important to know, Chris Jericho wrestled back in Japan before. During the days of Big Van Vader and WCW. Mm. Like he, the reason they can show, it's like Chris Jericho, age 26. And they can show that footage because he wrestled in NJPW before. You know, this is not his first time in Japan. It's not as if people don't know who he is. But, you know, coming over, this is a huge thing. Like they say that this um what there were so like this brought so many new subscribers to new japan world it filled up the tokyo dome like it broke attendance records for the tokyo dome don Callis will tell you it's that- so weird because so it just to interrupt so it's don Callis on english commentary kenny omega and chris jericho three winnipegians <laughs> yes they're all from winnipeg manitoba canada <laughs> which is just like it's wild that there's that like microcosm of wrestling in in the frozen wastelands, of, of as, as Don Callis will tell you. Oh God, let's not talk about that right now. <laughs> um, anyway, you can trace some of that stuff back here, um, right here to this match that happens in, at Wrestle Kingdom 12. 
Um, you have another match, which is the uh, the other main event, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship match between Okada and Naito. And then you have a third match, which plays into some things that have been going on, which is uh, Cody and- has been menacing one Kota Ibushi. Correct. And it's so funny because the video package for uh, Wrestle Kingdom 12 that they play at the beginning calls this handsome battle. Yeah, it does. It's a no title ramifications match, but uh, it is Kota Ibushi versus uh, Cody and just like to kind of be the blow off for this feud um, in a way. So, so yeah, it's, it's like, uh, what was it like? Uh, US star versus... Uh, Japanese star. Handsome she, battle. Handsome battle. It's um, very funny. Yeah, it's it's just funny the way that they they kind of put it up there. Because, like, you could say the same of oh, Omega versus Jericho. Like, that's, you know, kind of like a Jap- Japanese star. But anyway. So... Kenny's obviously not nationally Japanese. It's no. It's just like but he's there a are these, So there are these three matches. Um, we watched all of them. Uh... Well, we didn't watch Naito versus Okada, which I'm sure was wonderful. Um, but we did watch Kota versus Cody, which uh, Kota wins, but not after some just Cody being the absolute worst most. Yeah. Most worst. Yeah. Uh, I will say um, some shenanigans with Brandy. He doesn't uh, love you. Uh, yeah, important to note that in the middle of the match, Cody says, Cody doesn't love you. I gotta love you. Um, wild. And uh, what's that? What could that mean? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, funny because that's basically how commentary sells it. <laughs> yeah. What in the world is that about? What is going on there? Yeah, then Kenny and, and Jericho have this match, and it is unlike. A lot of matches I've seen in the Tokyo Dome. Um, it's kind of like one of one of a kind, and has perhaps yeah. one of my favorite spots of all time within it's, it's, it. it. Like I would call this literally like a barnstormer. Like it, it just goes off the rails from like moment one, uh, and and you know, really, I would say the only thing that I've seen that kind of matches up to it is the Minoru's or the Lance Archer and John Moxley match, mm-hmm. which was also in the Tokyo Dome, mm-hmm. which was also for the US title. Mm-hmm. Uh but you know, like that's again only possible because of Kenny <laughs> seeking out Chris Jericho. Yeah. Uh there is this incredible Walls of Jericho spot into where Kenny crawls over to the bottom of the of the ring and he reaches under the ring and grabs the cold spray. It's straight in Chris Jericho's eyes. Uh, pop, so a pop good. about the cold spray. Let me tell you, I am living in the year 2022. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Charlie was like, man, all I wish is that Kenny would bring the cold, the cold spray, spray back. back. <laughs> well, we never thought for a million years that that would be like an ongoing gimmick. In case you were wondering how I've been in 2021... <laughs> Well fed. <laughs> well fed. That's very true. Uh, very well fed. Um, so they have this really great match. Kenny comes out in this entrance in this uh, Destiny, literally Destiny-ass yeah, Destiny it's, gear. It's, um, you know, Osiris DLC had, like, just hit pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I forget like the proper name of it, but like he is literally cosplaying as Osiris from Destiny. He has the gear, he has the cape, he has the gun. Um, like one of the, you know, it's it's the Destiny characters called Osiris. The gear is all Anubis. I'm sure some Destiny had um <laughs> will know exactly how that that sorts out and what the difference is there, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, he looks incredible. A uh, bit of lore to note, he did want to come out as the X-Men villain Apocalypse, Apocalypse. and uh, NJPW legal or whatever put the kibosh on that, so he wasn't allowed to do it. But he has this incredible Titantron 2 of like a blue galaxy, like beaming something to Earth. Lots of galaxies. It's like overtake. Earth. It's like it's overtaking the Earth. Like. Yeah, like in a um, you know, final fantasy. Yeah. No, I'm like. thinking of like the movie, Final Destination. <laughs> no, Final Destination is the movie where if you if you don't die when you're supposed to, you die later. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of Judgment Day. <laughs> Judgment. Anyway, anyway, something. Uh, Mikey's thinking about something. It's a uh, as is Kent. True to Kenny's character at this point, it is a very 80s movie-ass thing. Correct. So, this match is great. Um, I would watch it if you haven't. Um, I hadn't watched it. It's really fun. I uh, just watched it for the first time for the I podcast. definitely would watch it um, and, and just see what you think. Um, a little bit different uh, for both of these guys. And it is something that kind of... Uh, rumor has oh it. Oh, God. We didn't even mention it's the Alpha versus the Omega. Yeah, Alpha versus Omega. Get it? Um... Rumor has it this is the match that Tony Khan saw and was like, hey, yeah, I want that. This is what I want. Um, rumor has it. Who knows? That sounds like it sounds like propaganda to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, peddled by Don Callis. Uh, but we'll see. Um, anyway, this is something that leads to kind of everything that happens after this is we're like on the roller coaster going down, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, oh, I guess other important thing to note here, uh, just while we talk about the Young Bucks, um, totally tangential to Kenny's whole deal, but uh, the tag team that the Young Bucks face here for the junior heavyweight tag, uh, they're in a gauntlet match, uh, and one of the tag teams like kicks another one out. So Rapongi Vice, which was uh Rocky Romero and Trent, who is here just Beretta. Yeah. <laughs> uh he kind of kicks Trent Beretta out and it becomes Rapongi 3K with Sho and Yo. Which it, it's just wild. Like there's wild the Bucks, yeah, the Bucks happening. win the win the tag belts again that same night. Um, so we all come away being okay, and then as is, all the factions are fracturing. Yeah, it's true. Um, and for want, uh, New Year's Dash happens right after Russell Kingdom. Yeah, so it's always kind of like the coda. And too. there's a there's, there's some stuff that happens. We we saw some. We watched a fun. We watched a fun old match. Um, we watched uh, Rapungi 3K versus uh, and Cheeseburger versus the Elite. Where everyone was very tired and didn't want to actually do a wrestling. Yeah, like everyone has back issues and Matt's back is all taped up. 
So the first couple spots are like, uh, no, 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 you go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. Do you need an ice pack? Do you need something? Okay, like, let's just all lay down. Yeah. So Matt and Matt also, Matt Jackson does like a hold on someone where he's literally laying down flat on his back and like has someone in a leg lock. And he's like, man, this is kind of nice, actually. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Uh, and then we go into just an absolutely chaotic 10-man tag, uh, which is important to know. It's just the Bullet Club versus, like, a bunch of guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even going to bother going through everyone What is important here. is that Cody's in this match. Yeah. So, it's, so on one side and Ibushi's in the other yeah. corner. So, Kenny, after, okay, so after the match is concluded... Bullet Club wins. Yes. And Cody Rhodes is just harassing Kota Ibushi. He is just menacing him in an awful fashion. And is this also the place where... Um, hold on, before I start. Is this the place where Cody forces a kiss? Or no, that's no, further no. down. No. Um, so... Cody is just being an awful man, as he's wont to do. He's just beating the shit out of Kota Ibushi. The man is banging on the bell. <laughs> like, please stop. stop. And then Cody grabs a chair. And he wants to hit Kota with it. And if you haven't figured out why Cody's menace- menacing Kota, I mean, it's very transparent. But the easiest way to get to Kenny is through his heart. Yes. Uh, It's not so hard to understand, but... Uh, Cody takes his chair, is going to hit Coda with it, and Kenny Omega, to a raucous ovation, runs out to stop Cody from actually doing anything to Coda. Um, he puts an end to it. And yeah, Coda escapes. Coda escapes and kind of like slinks away, and Kenny and Cody have words, and everyone leaves the ring, and that leaves Kenny in the ring, and he gives his promo. Where he says he's so, so tired of the infighting. He's so tired of Bullet Club not being unified. Yeah. Meanwhile, this is the same event that he overthrew AJ Styles in all those years ago. Yes. Formed the Elite. All of that jazz. You can hear about that in episode one. <laughs> um, so he says, okay, it's time to bring like some new blood in. Like some real strong guys that'll carry Bullet Club forward. Switchblade, Jay White who is a young uh, NJPW star. He's New Zealand born, but he went through the NJPW dojo system, their training system. He went on excursion and came, and recently has come back. Yeah, so he comes in and Kenny says, I would like to formally induct you into Bullet Club, gives him the t-shirt. Jay puts it on. And does the too sweet. sweet. And Kenny's like, no, no, we don't do that anymore. Give me a hug. And as he goes in for the hug, the two sweet turns into Jay's switchblade that he crosses across the mouth or the neck. And he does his thing that is very similar to the crossroads. The Blade Runner. Called the Blade Runner. Yes. And flips Kenny over. And he just kind of throws it in Kenny's face. And then Kenny's left. He's injured. His ribs are taped up. Yeah. He's had because he's had a rough time. Uh, with the Naito match, and he's just left there on the mat while Switchblade 
runs away, turns the shirt out very neatly. Wait, and very, kind, very neatly. Yeah. Kind of like does this really cool trick where he flips the shirt back inside out and throws it at, towards Kenny in the ring before running away. Yeah, so uh, Kenny's been rebuffed. So his idea to, and to make... Ken, he's also had a no good, very bad day again. Yeah, <laughs> it's something that keeps happening. Um, so this is definitely... Uh, something that Kenny wasn't expecting, because uh, why wouldn't you? It, like, why wouldn't you take the, you know, invitation? Mm-hmm. But Jay says no. Kenny goes on from there. Meanwhile, Jay White gets inducted into chaos. No faction other than chaos. Yeah, where Okada is the leader. Kenny's worst nightmare. And. Jay basically says, I'm going to take that belt from you. Yep. Your beautiful red Sonia. Jay's going to take it away. And meanwhile, I would like to let you know, um, because it is a clip I placed at the very beginning of this episode. Uh, If you want to know more about what's the interpersonal interpersonal workings of what's been going on with the elite, um, which is NJPW canon, by the way, they continually talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, You can watch... You can watch clips and or watch being the elite because BTE during this time is chock full of lore. Um, So if you want to know how the Bucks are feeling, if you want to know how Kenny's feeling about Cody, they have this stare down in a Friday's eating ice cream. Like there's a lot going on. Important Um, to note though, you probably unfortunately do want to skip any segments with Hangman Adam Page. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, Marty Skrull also shows up in these episodes, so yeah, just, just content just, just, warning. Just there. content warning, but uh, it does have some good, you know, background info uh, if you want to kind of know more interpersonal stuff that's going on. But that leads us to January twenty eighth, twenty eighteen, and new beginning in Sapporo, where Jay and Kenny finally meet to have this match for the U.S. title. So again. Kenny's, I could not find any Hao Ming pictures of this gear, unfortunately. But Kenny's gear, I do want to point out, has his signature skeletal angel wing on the left side and the full angel wing because he's a one-winged angel, you know, Final Fantasy and all that, on the right side. But then on the left side here, uh, the wing has a switchblade esque like the neck not an actual switchblade but the one that jay wears around his neck in necklace form it has that stabbed through the wing yeah so this like and it's like knives tearing the feathers off the wing yeah it's it's a lot kenny is not subtle no he's not um and this match uh is really effing incredible like really like, if you want to go and see, like, Jay White, and even Jay White, like, not Jay White as in, like, 2019 or 2020 Jay White, but, like, just this guy in 2018, like... Fresh out of the dojo system. Like, really, really good. Like, he and Kenny have this, like, really incredible match that has, like, a couple of spots, um, and it really has, like, Kenny on top for a lot of it, which allows you to showcase, like, one, Jay's resilience, and two... What I would believe is the nastiest to be trigger of all time. Yeah. Um, and Kenny also gets, though, a taste of his own medicine because, uh, you know, he was continually ripping the padding off the 
uh, floor around the ring during his matches with Okada. Mm -hmm. Well, Jay says, I think you deserve some revenge. So he rips the padding off the floor. And by the way, Okada's on commentary at this point, watching this match. Um, And Jay's a suplex guy. So there's lots of like side suplexes, like German suplexes, like lots of like offense like that from Jay. Meanwhile, Kenny does this thing where he will kind of draw you into a false sense of like security by like kind of like playing like playing, I would say playing possum a little on the ropes, which does lead to that V trigger. So Jay kind of has like Kenny on the ropes at one point mm-hmm. and Kenny's like wrapped up in the ropes and he's kind of like sagging against them. And Jay goes to run against the other side to like kind of get one up on Kenny and Kenny just springs to life and he runs across the ring and he says, fuck you, Jay. And he just uh, nails him with the V trigger. It's so good. Yeah. I'll try and find a gif of that and put it in here. Yeah. And I think he then goes from that to like, while Jay's laid out, he like very dramatically pulls out his finger gun, like holds it up like he's in fucking Die Hard, I guess. <laughs> like he's five years old. It's incredible. incredible. It's so good. There is a portion where Kenny makes it out into the audience, into the rows of chairs, and he's got Jay and he lifts him up and he power bombs him into the chairs. And Nick is out here with him because Matt sustained a back injury earlier than yeah, I Yeah, the, the, the power bomb into the chairs is brutal because the chairs were not like it's just a normal they don't bend whatsoever yeah they don't even break that with the full force of his back and nick says hey that was great uh yeah matt isn't here because uh you know i think his back is still he has a he got got a back injury earlier yeah and so it's just nick but you know nick is totally full gremlin here yeah uh yeah, absolutely, absolutely full full gremlin. Uh, Kenny's doing his best to like shit talk Jay when Jay's like on the ropes. He's just like, "You're not, you're not on my level. You'll never be on my level." And he's like, just laughs and oh, he's done. Yeah, done. that's a wrap. Whoa, hey! <laughs> you're not on my level. You never will be. Now tied in the ropes. Nowhere for Jay White to go, but down. Oh, beat trigger. Point of the chin. And it's academic at this point. It's really a question of how much more punishment Omega wants to inflict. It's full on, it's full on Kenny Omega. Yeah. So... It's interesting that we say that because there is a, it seems like there's a recurring theme here of Kenny shit-talking people (laughs) vociferously during the match and then fucking losing. (laughs) Because guess what happens? Kenny loses his precious red Sonya. Yeah, Kenny loses his belt. And in promising New Japan, like... In traditional New Japan, the guy that's going to challenge you next comes out. And so this happens to be Hangman Adam Page, who comes out to challenge Jay White for this belt. Kenny's not even, like, rolled out of the ring yet. Yeah, like, he was still, like, basically pinned. Hangman Adam Page comes up and he's like, I want that belt. And, like, grabs it 
from Jay before Jay was even presented with the belt. So, you know. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. Kenny rips it out of Hangman's hands because he's like, I wanted to be a good sport and like presents it to Jay. And then so Cody Rhodes gets in here and he gets into Kenny's face. He's like, you can't take his moment. This is my best friend's moment. Like this his, this Meanwhile, his. Jay White just like fucking takes the belt and walks, walks away. away. He's like, I don't want any part of this Bullet Club fucking melodrama. So he's he, like, <laughs> literally, there's a uh, there's a spotlight that just follows him back into the audience. He's like, I don't know what's going on. So Kenny and Cody and Hangman and Nick and Nick and all the Bullet Club uh, elite, the all of the elite. Yeah. The Marty's Ar- arguing. There yeah. And so, you know, everybody just kind of says, well, 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 let Cody and Kenny sort it out. They can not, talk it out like. Not after, not before Matt comes out to try and help sort this out. Ah, uh, yes. And in Kenny's like ire against Cody accidentally shoves Matt onto oh, the ground. God. It is. I try to forget about it because it's so sad. It's so sad. Kenny's just like fighting. Everybody's trying to push Kenny and tell him where to go. And he just has an errant back elbow. And he immediately like is like, I fucked up. He feels so bad. But Nick's like, why the fuck did you do that? And everybody's yelling at him, and he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I and, didn't know it was you. And Nick, and Matt's just like, no. And then Nick, obviously. Yeah, he says, like, I'm done. I'm yeah. effing done. Yeah. Uh-huh. And slides out, hobbles out back. With Nick, yeah. And Nick is just glaring daggers at Kenny, and Kenny feels awful. And, you know, at this point. They clear the ring because. They clear the ring. Cody sits in the ropes and kind of, like. All right, we're done. Like, yeah. water like, under we'll the bridge. We'll sort it out in the back. Water under the bridge. We're all good. You know, Hangman and Kenny do like a fist bump. They're good. So, you know, Cody is in a, by the way, in a full suit. Yeah. Uh, sits on the ropes and is ready to assist Kenny out after he's just wrestled this match and lost. So Kenny looks at him, takes a moment, like says, are you sure? And Cody's like, Please go ahead, you know, kind of gestures. And so Cody or Kenny goes to exit the ring. And Cody grabs him and does a crossroads in a full suit in the ring. And has this like terrible rictus grin on his face. He does like the green goblin ass turns and has like this grin. He like wipes his thumb across his lip. And it's just laughing. It's finally happened. Yeah. And so Kenny's like laid out and Cody rips his jacket off. His shirt underneath is sweaty. And Hangman happens to come out and, uh, I don't know, assists in getting a chair so Cody can decimate Kenny with it. Yeah, well, and then all the while, like, isn't he like stomping on Kenny too? Yeah, he holds him. Yeah. Like, like Cody stomping on Kenny while... Uh, Hangman gets the chair and then he holds Kenny back has Hangman hold Kenny back as he readies the chair and then the audience starts screaming just absolutely screaming just absolutely screaming and then you see it's Kota Ibushi coming to save Kenny and he like runs all you know the bullet club out all the he has his own chair 
He has his own chair and is like ready to just beat the shit out of anyone there. And they all scatter because they're just cowards. And so it's Kenny left like strung up on the ropes, just absolutely just defeated, stripped yeah. of his belt, exhausted. His best, he hurt his best friends. He's hurt his best friends. He's just and he's having a really bad day. He's having a really bad day. So Coda like throws the chair aside and mm-hmm. offers him a hand to, you know, help him up. And Kenny just shakes his head. And slowly pushes himself, painfully pushes himself up from the ropes. Coda, you know, like, sticks his hand out more forcefully. And Kenny, like, pushes it aside just so weakly. And Coda tries to grab his head to look at him. And Kenny turns away and, like, and Coda's crying. And Coda is crying. There's a tear that has run down Coda's cheek, which I think is very real. Yeah. and And Kenny... Just keep saying, no, like, just will not do anything. And Coda just gently, forcefully puts his hand, you know, palm up in front of Kenny's face again, saying, like, it's okay. Like, he's, you know, reasoning with, like, a wounded animal. Yeah, but Kenny turns away for the final time before Coda just grabs Kenny's shoulders. Well, yeah, like, Coda turns away, like, okay, fine, you know, and then... They do like this very like romantic drama. Like, no, is about to turn away, and then he pulls. He turns back and pulls Kenny into a hug, and then red streamer confetti shoots out, and this music like swells, and it's a beautiful moment. <laughs> it's perhaps the best moment in professional wrestling. And everyone is cheering. <laughs> They're both crying. They're both crying. It's Ugh. just beautiful. Everything is beautiful, and the golden lovers have reunited. Despite everything, despite failure and loss and struggle, they're back together. Yes, they find themselves in this moment brought together. And it is, it is like the, you know, despite everything. You gotta watch it, because it's something. Yeah, and... We, it's on YouTube, thank God. It's totally legal. Yes. Um, it's never going away. If, <laughs> if they take it away from us, I will we'll never die. We'll die. I will go seek TV Asahi out <laughs> and a single man vendetta. <laughs> but we have it. It's beautiful. Please watch it. Yeah. Because uh, it doesn't, it will not come through in audio. No, you gotta, you have to go watch it. You absolutely have to go watch it. It is this moment. Of pure joy. Yeah. And I think it's so much more meaningful, too, because, like, it's so obvious that everything, all the reasons that Kenny had built up in his head why he wasn't good enough didn't matter. Because Coda accepted him, you know, in some ways at his lowest. And he knew that Kenny still cared about him because Kenny protected him, too. But Kenny couldn't bring himself... It's like, I'll protect you, but I can't be with you because I'm not good enough. And, you know, Coda and said, at that point, Kenny had been dragged himself. Love he, wins. He had, he had twisted himself so far. But as I always like to say, in maybe, maybe ways where it's not applicable sometimes, but definitely here, love wins. Love wins. Like, love perseveres. Love conquers all. You know, literally all of them, like, 
the cheesiest things you can imagine are just like they're normally so cheesy but there's so much genuine emotion here like love does conquer all like it doesn't matter because Coda accepts Kenny and loves Kenny no matter what after every way he's twisted himself everything he's done to get to where he's at like it's the, the, their meeting Mwah. at the end of that road Mwah. and it Just is beautiful it is Chef's very kiss. very beautiful please go watch it I'm getting a little emotional about it. Um, How can you not get emotional? I know, about it, I know. It's 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 wild. If you ever want to want, if you want to know why it matters the so much, greatest soap opera ever told. It's it's just incredible. Like this ripples through everything Kenny does. Um, it is something worth talking about, and there's a reason why when one likes the other's tweets, it's a big deal on certain sectors of uh, wrestling. Uh, Twitter because yeah. it matters. Yeah, when Kenny uses hashtag Throwback Thursday on Instagram and just casually posts pictures of him and Abushi together. Yeah, it's because mm-hmm. like the two are like so metatextually like refer like reference each other because as we mentioned in the earlier episodes in New Japan, like kayfabe is real to a certain extent. Like, literally, they do not allow the faces and the heels to be in the same locker room. And, like, it's more than just, like, going through different tunnels. Like, they cannot be seen in person together. Yeah. So, like, when Kenny and Koda saw each other in that tunnel, that was the first time they'd seen each other in, like, in a wrestling capacity, at least. Because, you know, who knows what happens in their personal life. Like while they're on the job, the first time they'd seen each other in years. So like the emotion and, and then like, again, like they got to see each other here. It's not like, like I'm sure they rehearsed it and they were doing stuff on BTE together. Um, but you know, like they couldn't just hang out and be on the street together casually. Yeah. You know, cause if somebody saw, if media saw them, it'd be a huge deal. So, like, that emotion of, like, getting to hug and have everyone see them hugging, like, that is real. Mm-hmm. It is, and 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 we'll go further into it, because at this point, the story pivots a little, and I think that's worth talking about on its own, along with where Kenny and Okada end up at the end of the day, which very much is, a through, is through this new path of Ibushi that Kenny can attain something new um for himself. He needs to become a whole person. Yes. Before he can uh, win. But it is a rocky road to get there. Yeah, it's not all, you know, magical <laughs> confetti streamers shooting through the air and you know, magical snow happening. Uh although those moments are wonderful and beautiful, there's struggle too. And Kenny has to make up and deal with the fact that he hurt his best friend who has been by his side all this time. Yep. So, much to think about. Indeed. As the tweet says. Much to think about, indeed. So, And we have much to think about from our wonderful reader questions. Thank you for continuing to listen to our podcast. And thank you for the people who sent in questions a year ago when we were going (laughs) to record this. You know, we will read your 
It's only fair, even if they are somewhat out of date. It's I think it's only fair that mm. we read them. I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, so the first one comes to us from at villain Vincenzo. Uh, were fan reactions typical to this type of rivalry? Kenny was supposed to be this big heel type. How often do we have fans screaming versus go away heat? You'll have sometimes with people you might not like. I personally have go away heat for Jake Hager. Kenny's never been until the belt collector. Kenny's never been a heel, like a heel heel, except for maybe when he was a junior. As far as the heel is concerned in the way, what you have to understand is that heels in Japan and heels in the U.S. are like two totally different things. Um, The boys got away with a lot of just being themselves because them being foreigners is kind of like in and of itself heelish. Well, and also like the whole... I think it is different for people that just come in to NJPW being like, if you come in in Bullet Club, like, and that is your first time ever on NJPW programming, I think that's a little bit different than Kenny's situation. Cause Kenny came in Bullet Club, but it was like, literally, he had been, he was contracted through DDP. DDT? DDT. Sorry. (laughs) He was contracted through DDT, but wrestled and held the junior tag belts in NJPW with Kota Ibushi. He wrestled in NJPW before he was the cleaner. And he even references that in some of the promos that um, come later in this run. You know, he says there was a Kenny Omega before the cleaner. And I think it's easy to forget because, or to not know, because the cleaner iteration of him is so pervasive. But, like, the Jap, it it was, like, literally, like, maybe four months Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, between those matches with him tagging with Kota Ibushi versus Kota Ibushi in singles. And then reemerging through this, like, metamorphosis as the cleaner. So, like, people know that Kenny Omega. Like, there was a night and day difference between the Kenny and DDT and the cleaner. Yeah. And and the reason he still has, like, some people still cheer him, even at the beginning when he's supposed to be evil, because they remember and like that Kenny Omega. Yeah. Like, he had multiple matches, match of the years mm-hmm. as that Kenny Omega. Like, people knew who he was. He got an entire... You know, he put, in some ways, you can argue, and he would argue, you know, in kayfabe, that he put DDT on the map because he won match of the year during his first match against Kota Ibushi in, like, a total, like, Japanese indie match, not NJPW affiliated. Mm -hmm. So, like, people knew about him. It's not like when, I don't know, AJ Styles shows up and it's like, Who's this guy? Yeah. Like, he's just a villain. Yeah. Like, people wanted to cheer Kenny, and then he had to, like, sneer at them to be the bad guy. Also, like, understand that um, what I, what you perceive now as the cool heel character that you want to cheer, a.k.a. Adam Cole, you know, a.k.a. anybody maybe that you put in that bucket, 
um, Kenny as the cleaner was the prototype for that. Like, so much of that, like, Kenny's the, the, the cool heel you want to cheer. I mean, there were, there were definitely people that were like that before that, but I think there was also, like, a much... It is, I, I will say, I feel like the Japanese audience is definitely a lot different to, like, the WWF that a lot of these folks grew up with, mm-hmm. where it was, like, kayfabe is real, but you can never like the bad guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, you're supposed to hate the bad guy, especially in American wrestling, which is something that Kenny wanted to try. Like, he yeah. wanted to do that. That was something that he never, like, he pulled trappings in from his earlier personas. Yeah. But the cleaner was not the man we saw in 2021. Yeah. That's not the cleaner. Cause part of the part of, and part of the reason he left for, in his own words, he left for DD. He left DDT for NJPW is DDT doesn't have heels and faces. And he really wanted to flex that bad guy muscle. He loves action movies and comic books and, he loves Final Fantasy VII most of all and Resident Evil. Like, he wanted to be this weird, like, Wesker-Genova fusion, um, you know, Sephiroth. So it's like he went through his own Genova process to become this evil guy. And he has a lot of fun because he's so totally not that person in real life. Yeah, I mean, um, the same thing goes kind of for the Bucks. Like, and Adam Cole. And Adam Cole. Like, it, like those guys will never have go-away heat with me. Because they they know what they're doing. They like, also know when the line is. They like, know where the line is. Unlike MJF, someone like MJF. MJF yeah. like lives the gimmick constantly. Like if you go meet him at a convention, he will call you names. And like. Not it for me. Yeah. <laughs> like if I go to meet you at a convention, I want to like give you a hug. I don't want you to like make little kids cry. Like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I personally, I think go away heat is anybody that's gonna insult the crowd in like very unsavory ways. Yeah, or does or is edgy just to be edgy? The elite will forever be. I will forever stand the heel elite because they just like to wear fun clothes and look at shoes and talk about how they're. Really great at wrestling. Yeah. And that I, in and of itself garners heat for some reason. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do think, like, in some ways, the crowd reaction was kind of typical to this kind of feud. Um, Like, in some ways, because, like, Okada was the guy, like, was the guy, and Kenny was kind of, like, the challenger. But in other ways, there's kind of, like, some X factors yeah. that make it a little bit different than, like, say, when... I don't know, CM Punk versus Lee Moriarty yeah. is another one. Like, where Lee Moriarty is, like, a really, really good wrestler who's super popular on the indies, but on, like, a national level, people wouldn't... Like, there wasn't nearly the amount of people cheering for him as there were CM Punk. Yeah, or, like, C- Punk versus Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Like, where the roles get reversed, you know? Yeah, where, like, Punk is being a dirty, nasty boy, even though he's, like, super over, and he's, like, consciously playing on that. Yeah. Um, it takes finesse. Yeah. It takes some finesse. Yeah, so I, I would say, like, mostly typical is how people reacted yeah. to this, but, again, yeah. with some X factors. But, yeah. yeah. Great question. <laughs> um, 
only a year late. Don't worry. Yeah. So, uh, Dark Lavender Boy. <laughs> well, so Dark Lavender Void, our good friend Lav, asks, let's Cody and Kenny butting heads in the Inner Bullet Club rivalry around 2018 all about. Well, well we just explained we it. We just explained that. So hopefully that answered your uh, question. Cody wants to be Kenny Omega. Yeah. And he's in love with. Abushi, I think, on some... Well, I think it just, like, he... He's in love with Kenny. He's in love with Kenny, yeah. And then Kenny is in love with Abushi, so how best to really possess someone than yeah. to take the thing that they love. Yeah, and we'll see this even, like... Uh, oh, it gets worse before it gets better. Yeah, it gets worse before it gets better. I don't think we'll really get into all that, but there is, like, a triple threat <laughs> between them that uh, very much typifies that. And then we'll even have some uh, in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leviathan Files, uh, our good friend, uh, wow, our good friend Taylor asks, I'm curious about the relationship between established wrestlers and new talent, especially when I hear folks touted as the future or when someone has, quote, paid their dues, quote. What's the process like for deciding who gets what attention or which, quote, newer, quote, personalities get brought up? So this is kind of an interesting question because I think... Um, as you might now know, Taylor, given that this is a year later, um, like the way it works in the U.S., I think is a little different than the way it works in, um, NJPW, just because like the G1, literally how Kenny got over in the G1 changed so much Mm -hmm. of how he was booked, Mm -hmm. um, because, um, like the guys left. Yeah, all the well, and all the guys left. So there was like literally a talent void, um, which is like kind of actually kind of similar in some ways to how to what happened with COVID, except there was no one left to fill the gap and all their top talent like got hurt. Yeah. Um, so then like you kind of see the difference between when they had people to slot in versus when they didn't, and they just kind of have to like do something that ends up being kind of interesting, but not ideal because they kind of have to like, okay, like with the guys that we have that can work, like what's an interesting story we can put together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with, with Kenny, it's like, if you, um, for those who attended college or university, like there's this concept of like, um, like feeder cl- or like, um, what am I trying to say? Like feeder classes or uh-huh, whatever, uh-huh. where it's like you just literally feed people to the sharks and like whoever uh, comes out of that comes out of that, like proceeds to the next year of school. And I feel like that's kind of the same concept that the G1 is, is like it's like a sink or swim moment. Yeah, you get you get like if you make the and I think it's also the same way. In AEW right now, because we've had these conversations where, like, okay, well, who's getting pushed forward and who's kind of being stagnated? And it's almost time and time again, it's almost like it's like who can, like, who takes the ball and runs with it when if we give it to them? Yeah. Like, who can achieve based off that? And you can see that in people like Dante Martin. Yeah. Like, who took the ball and ran with it. Like perf- performance wise, when he was given it, and you can see that with people like John Silver, who took the ball and ran with it yeah, when he was but given even, it. Even John Silver, like, um, you know, 
ripping like literally like rest in peace Brody Lee like had to kind of help John Silver along so a lot of it I think too it's important to have people in like somewhere along the chain that can help people along and kind of elevate their already good characteristics Mm -hmm. and I think you know Kenny was very lucky to have people like the Young Bucks who you know, in some ways had kind of paid their dues at that point. Like the reason they got booked in NJPW was because they helped Okada when he was on excursion in uh, what is now Impact Wrestling. Um, They asked him to do something that made him very uncomfortable and the Bucks stuck up for him. And Tiger Hattori, who was Okada's mentor, and Okada both remembered that and like that got the young bucks in the door and jpw in a period in their lives where they had very little money and Mm -hmm. so they got you know it wasn't luck it was just like right thing right time and then they were able to help kenny along and so like i think that you know that's kind of not the ideal maybe like but lacking any kind of formal structures to actually like help and support and uplift other people like you kind of have to rely on your connections but in contrast to wwe where like literally unless you've paid your dues and are just like a block of meat um because like body typing is so strong in wwe because there's just one guy at the top um you know that (laughs) It changes things so much. And then the other thing, too, is like we have the indies now, um, which I know Taylor's gotten super, super into. And I've been super glad. I'm actually kind of jealous because First is like one of the best like local promotions. And um, Columbus, Ohio has some smaller promotions, but like not with the consistent like storytelling prowess of First. So I'm kind of jealous. Um but, like, with any promotions, you get to have, like, like people just want, it's, like, the best kind of, like, community theater or, like, mm-hmm. improv theater. It's, like, oh, we're just all feeding off each other's energy. And you have people, even, like, Matt Cardona, who, like, by all rights is, like, the kind of guy that just should not succeed in GCW. Like, he's the man. He was from WWE. You know, he's just, like one of their stereotypical like uh white meat white bread performers but then you come to see when they like that might not necessarily be true because WWE puts people into such a mold yeah like and he really got to see you got to break out of it yeah because even in AEW like it was just like hey I need some bookings Cody Rhodes who I happen to know because he didn't stand out at all. It wasn't until he started doing the internet work that he and GCW that you really saw like, wow, this guy plays just like an asshole super well, but in like a super flexible way, he can just be like whatever kind of jerk you need to hate, mm-hmm. but never in a way that makes it again. It's not the MGF problem of like, oh, he I'm makes done three year olds yeah. cried. Uh, I'm I'm sorry to any MJF fans. Um, he is just the easiest person to say. Like, uh, I mean, Karrion Cross is probably like another one. Yeah, just like guys, just like, like a detestable I'm, human I'm ti- being. I'm tired all the time. of this. 
Yeah. yeah. And I'm not like, I'm tired of this. I can't wait for someone to beat the shit out of him. It's like, I'm tired of this. I'd rather not watch or it. Or like, uh, uh, you know, in very current events like Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Um, um, who's supposed to be babyface? Anyway, yeah, well, anyway, anyway, I think it's just like, it, there are different forms of this, but like I say, it's whoever, whoever will take that ball and run with it and proceed in the best way possible. Yeah. I think a lot of it too depends upon people's like proximity to like the old guard of WWE and like the way things used to be done and like literally like carny carnival mentality where like you just like don't help people. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, well, they make it on their own. And you kind of see that, like, some of the interviews that come out of the, like, Mark Henry and some of the other older WWE folk, where it's just like... Back in my day. Yeah. yeah. And it's like... We beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. And and it, whatever the fuck. Yeah. And it's just like, they can't get out of that mindset of, like, why would anyone want to help each other? Um, and, yeah. you know, versus, like, the opposite. And I think the tide is slowly starting to turn. Um, people are starting to be more willing to talk to each other, and I'm just hopeful it continues to be that way, because everyone deserves, like... An helping hand. Everyone deserves a workplace that's non-toxic. Yep. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, and then our good friend Haven, at Subtle Alien Vibes, um, asks, what spot perfectly encapsulates the matches that, uh, we talked about today? I, you know, that's a tough one. I almost think, like, the thing that kind of sticks out to me about this kind of era that we're talking about, uh, fuck you, Jay. Fuck you, Jay, yeah. Uh, sticks out very much. The V-trigger, yeah. And then the, also, like, the, um, like, Cody doing the crossroads and then just doing the smirk. yeah. Which then, like, it's so interesting because then again, like, and you got to see this live, like, they played with that at Revolution 2020 mm -hmm. um, of, like, holding the tag ropes. And then for that one, obviously nothing ended up happening, but they were playing on this idea that Kenny had once been betrayed by someone on the tag ropes and, you know, Hangman was there. You know, There's he wasn't the one doing on. the betrayal, but like that sticks out to me too because that's like the first iteration. Yeah. Um, and the the image of Cody with the like turning his head to the side, like the fucking um fucking like just like he's been the thing for like the exorcist, right? Yeah, like where the doll or the girl turns like yeah. 360 degrees, yeah, or like Chucky, yeah, where like the head turns really suddenly. That's where I was thinking with doll. But it's like you know, like, that is such a strong, like, Cody's facial work here, I do not want to understate how good Cody's facial work here is, which is why his current run, it's like, where it's, mm. he's just yo-yoing and vacillating wildly, like, <laughs> frustrates me so much, because it's like, just have a consistent character, yeah, and then it, like, And that's why Kenny's, like, so impressive all the time, because he, like, he can get across anything. Um, anything. And I'm not going to go into a tangent. I'll get into it probably next time. But, uh, as for your question, I, for me, the thing that stands out in this group of matches is, is probably that Kenny's, like, last ditch fuck you, JV trigger. It's good. 
It's real good. I mean, it's a really good one. It's real good. Is that all we got? I think that's all we got. Okay. Well, that's it. I mean, we, we called it pretty short because we called the episode a little bit um, as this uh, 2.5 final final remix. Final belt remix. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's going forward. Um, if you like this episode, please, 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 please leave a rating and review. Five stars only. Thank you. Uh, on <laughs> you iTunes. can review on Spotify now. And now you can review on Spotify. So do it wherever you watch podcasts, wherever podcasts are sold. Uh, please, uh, you don't buy podcasts at all. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but you can... Uh, well, sometimes you do, but... You yeah, not, not this one. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're... Wherever you got your beans, you can buy them. Um, if you have a platform that you don't find us in, uh, please let us... No, that's weird. Uh- <laughs> please let us. Yeah, please let us. Don't let us do anything. No, um, lettuce is good. Eat your greens. Eat your vegetables. <laughs> Don't be like Daniel Garcia. Um, that's a deep cut for those watching AEW and BTE. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, like, comment, subscribe, all that good juice. Um, give us serotonin by saying nice things on Twitter. At Match Club Pod. Please, please, please um, like our stuff. Uh, anyway, if you like this podcast, you can do any of the various things we just mentioned. If you want to follow me specifically, you can find me at Genetic Ghost on Twitter. Where Mikey is knocking water bottles into the keyboard. I'm sorry, I'm not going to cut that out. <laughs> you can find me at Genetic Ghost on Twitter where um, sometimes I say funny things and people like it a lot. And you can follow me at Quantum Dot Dot on Twitter where I am... I haven't tweeted anything about it, but I'm strongly considering releasing a Kenny Omega soundboard on my itch.io page. Yes. yes. Um, If you like the stuff we do here and you want more of this type of content, you can follow our wrestling. We do a weekly wrestling show. Show, yeah. Our uh, Comics X Fight on Twitter and Comics X Fight at twitch.twitch.tv. No, twitch.tv slash comicsxfight. You can find us weekly over there. We talk about the week's week in wrestling usually. Except the last few weeks because holidays. Holiday stuff, yeah. I feel like people understand. Mm-hmm. They should at least. Uh, I took a real kind of vacation for the first time in a while and it was nice, but I didn't get as much done as I wanted to do. Mm. Mm, yeah that's a big that's a big mood uh-huh. anyway we got this one done so i will say uh tune in next time for the real finale and then i promise i promise i promise you i might promise. even get two episodes of match club out in a month i'm saying that <sighs> i'm saying that only because i don't want it to be several months be still my heart anyway you can hopefully find our next episode Shortly, and then I promise we'll move on. If you've got any good feuds to recommend us uh, for future endeavors, uh, not of the sad variety, variety. yeah, um, tell us. Because, uh, like, gosh, I think, like, that's kind of the one benefit of having gone a year is, like, wrestling storytelling, trying to find feuds, like, back 
a year ago was like pulling teeth. And now I think we've got a lot more to work from, especially that aren't WWE. Like, I feel like there's been some interesting feuds in Enjoy Wrestling. There's been some very interesting feuds in GCW. So if you have any that you really, really like, um, whether we have to subscribe to something or not, like, let us know and tell us where we can find them. If you know, because I want to like what you guys like. I started watching so much wrestling. I came into this podcast. I had never really watched wrestling. So I feel like all of us kind of had this wonderful renaissance of wrestling together. And that's beautiful. Let's fucking go. So uh, all that said. Goodbye. uh, We bid you adieu. 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 So goodbye. Good night. Ba-bang. Anything for you to do?